And uh, I want to go back to that same theme or thought tonight and look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. And then we'll go into First and Second Peter. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2. And uh, I want to title this teaching here tonight, um, Being Like Jesus. Being like Jesus. How many want to be like Jesus? I mean, for real. Amen. We want to be like Jesus. Amen. Genesis 1 and verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herbs yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. Whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and the herbs yielded seed after his kind and the tree yielded fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind and God saw that it was good. Amen. I want to look at these uh, scriptures here tonight because a seed produces after its own kind. Under normal circumstances, an apple seed is not going to produce pears. This demonstrates that the harvest is identified by the seed. In other words, the fruit of a seed identifies the source just like DNA identifies a person. DNA is something that clearly identifies and leaves no doubt of who you are. If we could give an example of that, if someone is breaking the law and a crime lab finds the DNA uh, on on the uh, place where this took place, then the DNA can link them to the crime. Uh, If there is DNA found, then their goose is cooked, right? Because there's no one else has DNA like that. And so it connects them. There is no way to beat it. There's no way to cheat it. There is no way out of it. It identifies the person certainly and for sure. And nothing identifies the seed like the fruit. The Bible tells us when when we accept Jesus Christ that we become new creation in Christ Jesus. All things pass away and behold, all things become new, right? And we are made in the likeness and the image of his dear son, Jesus Christ. And so spiritually, we receive the spiritual DNA of God. Amen. So let's take take a closer look at the seed and what it means concerning us tonight. Because as I stated earlier, the seed cannot produce outside of what it is. An apple seed cannot produce pears. A seed produces after its own kind. The harvest reflects the seed that you sowed in the spring of the year. You don't have to be able to visibly see the seed to be able to know what was planted. All you have to do is look at the fruit or what it produces 
and you will know what was in the seed. Do you remember after we went through the breakdown, how that the seed goes into the ground, it is alone, right? It is separated. It cannot be seen, but then it breaks forth. And when it breaks forth, it produces a harvest. And, and in that harvest, then you can determine what seed was sown in the spring of the year. In spiritual terms, Jesus is the seed. He produces after his own kind. But when we were born again, we received his DNA. And so we are to produce fruit and be like Jesus. Amen. As his fruit, what? because we are here tonight, if, if we are saved, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, then you are here tonight knowing that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord because of the seed of Jesus Christ, that he was the firstborn among many brethren right? He was the seed that was sown into the earth so that there might be a great harvest of sons and daughters being born into the kingdom of God. And so we become a part of that seed. We are the fruit of what Jesus did for us when he came. He died. I told you the other week, we all have to go through the death, burial, and resurrection. That's the seed, what Jesus did. And now you and I are the fruit of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Amen. And so let's look on here. First Peter chapter one and verse 23 tells us this. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We are born of an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. Now, how many know Jesus is the word? Right? He is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and full of truth. So therefore, Jesus is the word manifest in the flesh. And so we, he was, we were born of this incorruptible seed. And so the word of God now comes in us and the scripture tells us that we are being saved as we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God which is able to save our soul. Amen. And so there's a change going on in the inside of us that we look more like God, that we, we take on the nature and the characteristics of Jesus Christ. And we do that as we renew our mind, being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does that happen? Like I just said, as we take with meekness the engrafted word of God. That's the reason why that if you only get word when you come to church, you're not getting enough word that's the reason why that if you are not studying to show yourself approved and David said I hid your word in my heart that I may not sin against God and so thank God that we can come to corporately together in these places where that we can hear the word of God together and we can get a confirmation and an affirmation of the word of God of what God has spoken to us through the week but far too many people are relying on the pastor or a teacher to give them the word but we we need to know the word of God ourselves. 
Amen. Take that incorruptible seed of the word of God and apply it to our life so that when the enemy comes against us, it, when, what he'll find out is that we have the DNA of our elder brother had, right? Jesus Christ who already defeated him and rendered him helpless on the cross of Calvary and he runs into that same DNA, that same nature and characteristics of God living on the inside of us and he knows that he's done messed up. Amen. As we are born again believers, we're to reflect the seed. We're to reflect Jesus Christ. Remember the seed cannot produce anything outside of what it is. Right? The seed produces of its own kind. Therefore, the seed Jesus people produce Jesus people. People which reflect him, which reflect his character, which reflect his nature, which reflect his love. Amen? And so if this is not taking place, then we, we cause the world to be confused because we say that we are of Christ, but yet they don't see Christ. Amen. And I, I told you over and over, but I am thoroughly convinced of it, that the world is not, uh, it isn't that the world has not heard about Jesus and they have not heard the gospel. They just have not seen the Jesus that we've been preaching. They've never seen the God that we've been talking about. They've heard a lot about him, but they just haven't seen him reflected in his people. And we, if the real uh, battle is this, is that we cannot say that we are of Christ and yet not reflect his nature, his character, his love, and his compassion, right? And so, however, the, the problem is this, is the fundamental problem is this, is an apple seed is not a creature of choice right but people are therefore the fundamental problem is this when you're born again people make wrong choices they change the complexion of the seed are you walking with me Whenever you, we as Christians make wrong choices and, and, and we alter the integrity of the seed and the result is the fruit is manifest which does not reflect Jesus. Amen? And, and this is called genetic engineering. It's called uh, mutation. And every time you make a wrong choice which is contrary to God's word and alter the integrity of the seed, Christ in us, we genetically engineer something that is not supposed to be so. And this is what happens when sin is allowed to continue. Amen? How many know we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God? And where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. But this does not give us a, 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 a license to continue in sin. 
Amen. But we are to come out of sin because we don't want to, to alter or to engineer this, uh, the, what the seed that is placed inside of us, the word of God, the Zoe, the life of God is on the inside of us. And we don't want to genetically engineer or manipulate what God is desiring or intending to come out of us. In other words, you are who you are. Even if you alter or change, the DNA remains the same. Let me use this example. And I want you to get your listening ears on because I don't want nobody to misunderstand what I'm about to say. Amen. I am a male. And I like being a male. If I wanted to, and I do not, I could scientifically, surgically choose to change the outward appearance. But despite present day happenings, medical coverage, modern day medicine, scientific discovery, all of this, at the end of the day, you can nip it and tuck it and pull it and do whatever you want to, but at the end of the day, your DNA is still going to be the same. You can make yourself, you, if you know, my DNA says I'm a man, male, right? And I can disguise and change the outward, but whenever it comes to the DNA, it's still going to say you may look like you're not a male, but your DNA says you a male. Amen. And so this is what I'm trying to say. It is possible to do all of these things, but you're still who you are as a believer with Christ's DNA, I don't want to partake of anything that doesn't reflect my new creation. I don't want to do anything that's going to take away from Christ's identity within me. I don't want to reflect anything other than his DNA, which he has placed inside of me. Glory to God. The sun and the moon and the stars have been in the sky ever since he told them where to be. And they have stayed there and remained there during all of creation to reflect his glory and his majestic power. And so they are fruit in every case to reflect the source from which God has made everything. He took the cosmos out of chaos and he said, sun, you be there, moon, you be there, and and in stars, you stay where I tell you to stay. And he placed them everywhere and they stayed there to show and reflect his majestic power and his beauty. When, When we need to shine with God's glory. We need to shine with his majestic power. Amen. We need to take that incorruptible seed that he has placed on the inside of us and never change because we are his fruit. Amen. We are reflection of him in the earth. And so if we are reflection of him in the earth, what did Jesus do? 
Jesus in Acts 10 and, 13 and 38, he said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about, first of all, doing good, right? And then he, and in doing good, you could put a whole lot of things in that. That's helping your fellow brothers and sisters, right? Uh, taking care of one another. It's something that we have have a lost art for in America today. Having genuine concern one for another, but doing good. And then it went a little deeper and he said, and he healed all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Amen. How many know? Lost people are oppressed people. People that are bound are oppressed. The devil is having their way with them. There is all kinds of oppression in the earth today. And, and we see that that is not of God. God wants us to have joy. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be free from guilt and condemnation and bondage, right? And he wants us to live a victorious life through this seed that is placed inside of us, which is Christ Jesus. And so he, Jesus went about doing good. So if we have his DNA, we should be people that are doing good. We shouldn't have to we shouldn't have to have reason to do good only that Christ lives in us. And because Christ lives in us, we do good. Right? And then he goes and he says, and then he goes on, and this is where folks, you know, fall off of the boat at is is Jesus went healing all. Right? He went about healing all. And so if Jesus went about healing all, then we should be going about healing all. Amen. Thank God for the corporate gathering. The Bible said, for sake not to assemble yourselves together as a matter of some are. And he said, even as you see these days approaching even more, come into the presence of God, the house of the Lord. That's wonderful and it's great, but it's not just about coming in. It's about going out. And it's about going out and, he, and healing those that are oppressed. It's about going out and doing good. It's about letting our light shine, not just so that we can come to church and we can sit in pews and we can soak everything up. That's wonderful. That's good. Glory to God. But there's the reason why that we come in and soak it all up is so we can go out and we can do good and we can heal all of those that are oppressed of the devil. Amen. And so we could talk all night about the oppression of the devil. We could talk about all of the things that we see and, and the symptoms and the, re, the things that cause people to be oppressed. But let us just say this tonight, that if it is not joyful, if it is not good, if it is not liberating, then, it, then it's probably of the enemy. Amen. And so we need to go about healing those and doing good. And then Matthew 9 and 35, when Jesus went about all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues, right? And so we don't just teach here, but we teach as we go. He went teaching in their synagogues 
And then he went preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness, every disease among the people. Amen. Now, some people say, well, I don't know if it's God's will for me to have this victory. I don't know if it's God's will for me to be healed. I don't know if it's God's will for this or that. Well, all you have to do is look at the nature and the character of God and find out. If he's ever delivered a person, he wants you delivered. If he's ever healed a person, then he wants you healed. Amen. And so whenever we look at the nature and the character of God, then that nature and character, because we have his DNA, spiritually speaking, amen, then we should be delivering those who are oppressed, healing the sick, amen, and, and, and casting out the evil spirits. I want to say this tonight. I, I believe that it is it's blaspheme to say that the name of Jesus can save you, that he can deliver you, that he can set you free, but not have the power to produce what we have told people God can do. And this disturbs me greatly because it isn't about being good preachers. It isn't about being able to articulate and thank God for the gifts, you understand. We honor the gifts, right? But it's not about that if we cannot produce what we preach. Now, it's not up to us to produce it, you understand. Walk with me now. It's not up to us to produce it, but we must be in a place where we can produce it. Amen? How do we produce the DNA, the nature, the characteristics of God. There must be intimate relationship with God. And out of that intimacy, because we can't be good in our own. We can't be loving in our own. We, we love it best if somebody shows us love. Amen. But we cannot do that on our own. But... <laughs> But when the spirit of God, that DNA of God, the life of God lives on the inside of us, then we are able be out of that intimate relationship. And because he shows us love, now we can show someone else love. Because he showed us mercy, we can show mercy to someone else. Because we have felt his kindness, we want to show somebody else kindness, right? And so we, we cannot do it on our own, but out of an intimate relationship and a knowing of God and his heartbeat. Because you really don't know anybody if you're not intimate with them. Amen? Now... Uh, you, you know people on different levels. You, you, you know people uh, um, on a social level. You know people because they work, you work with them or where you see them on, a, in a, on that level. Then if you work more closely with them or you're in the inner circle, you know them better. And so, uh, but then that one that, that is your spouse, they know you, uh, you know, when... Because they see you not just in your good times. They see you when nobody else sees you. Right? They see you at all times 
And it's because you have an intimate relationship that even though there are times that we may not act right, they still love us because even though our actions are wrong in an area or a place, they know that our heart is right, right? And so therefore, they, they are, that because of that intimate relationship, they know us better than anybody else. And whenever we have intimacy with Father God and we can hear his heart, we know his pulse, we know his desire, amen? And sometimes we still don't hit it, but guess what? He still loves us. He still cares for us, amen? And he still wants us to be his conduit or his channel in which to flow through. And so you cannot give someone what you don't have yourself, Amen. So I want to say it this way. You must possess it before you can pass it. If you don't possess it, then you can't pass it. That was what Peter and John's problem was. They had walked past that lame man hard telling how many times on the way into the temple to pray. And they all they had to pass was alms, food for another day. Amen. But they, uh, they gave, they passed what they possessed. But then we see that a day came that changed everything. And that was the day of Pentecost. And when they had gone to Pentecost and were in the upper room and the Holy Ghost came, right? And filled them with the power of the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost comes, the gifts come. Come on. Amen. And now that the gifts are within them, they can pass this because they possess this. And so now they weren't just giving out alms. They weren't just giving out food for the next day. But now they was, had something to pass on to him that would change the trajectory of his life forever. That he would never have to sit there again and ask for another meal. But he could go and get another meal. Amen. And so what I want to say tonight is... When the power of the Holy Ghost comes and lives on the inside of us, it isn't just so we can feel good. It isn't just so we can get chill bumps, but it's so that what we possess, we can pass on to others and we can heal the sick and we can set the captive free and the gifts of the spirit will flow through our lives. And we can not so that we can be Mr. and Miss Big Holier than thou, but so we can begin to work in the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and the gifts of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit will flow through our lives so we can impact everyone that is around us. Such as I have, give I you. And because they have the DNA of Jesus, they wanted to do what Jesus did and they said, look here, what would Jesus do? I know we used to use to look, you know, wear those bracelets, right? But this is for real. And Peter and John said, what would Jesus do? Well, there's a lame man. Jesus would heal him. And so they said, we have that power now so we can pass it on. And so they said, such as we have, give unto you. And when they passed that power, they took him by the right hand. Right hand represents authority. They pulled him to his feet and he goes running and leaping into the temple and he messes up all the religious folk. Amen. Because, you know, uh, he shouldn't be doing all of that. 
But they weren't the ones out there just crippled. Amen. They weren't the ones out there that just got the miracle of their life whenever you've been carried all of your life to a place and dumped off and have to wait for somebody else to come pick you up and somebody passes what they possess to you and your ankle bones start popping and whatever God had to do to cause that to, uh, to happen physically for him, you don't just sit there and say, well, wasn't that nice? Amen. But they, they, they possessed something, they power, they passed it to him, and he was made whole. Amen. In Acts 8 and 14, Peter and John went there and, and, to, and laid hands on uh, baptized believers in Samaria so that they would receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. They couldn't do this before because they didn't possess it. But now that they possess it, they can pass it because they're just a conduit. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is flowing through them. It's, it's more than knowing a few Bible verses and praying and saying, now, it, it, you know, we put it on God and say, now it's up to God. But you see, the reality of it is, is this, that yes, it is up to God. God is the one that does the work, but it's up to us to be that clean channel in which he can flow through and so that he can touch others. God isn't going to come down and touch people physically. He's going to use your hands. He's going to use your mouth. He's going to use you. Amen. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Anytime the devil wants to bring harm or damage to you, he'll use a person. And anytime that God wants to bless you, he'll use a person. And so we want to be people not of cursing, but people of blessing. We want to be his hands. We want to be his mouth. We want to be instruments that he can use to get what he, we possess passed on to those who are hurting and broken. Amen. And so he says here, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation and old things have passed away and all things become new. We're not to rebel against the seed, Christ, which is in us. We are not to alter the DNA of that seed. We are not to compromise the integrity of that seed by making wrong choices and wrong decisions on a perpetual, continual basis. Amen, which, we con- which is contrary to the word of God. We are not to disregard the commandments of God. But we are who we are. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus' people should produce Jesus' fruit. We should produce after our own kind. We need to produce his character. We need to produce and reflect his love, his nature. Reflect who he is. Because we are known by the fruit that we bear. Not what we say we have. We can say a lot of things, but it's what really is inside of us is what we produce. And I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when I produce things I didn't like. And it wasn't nobody's fault 
not my brother nor my sister, but me, oh Lord, standing in a need of prayer. And there's things that, that we can do, that we produce that are not like Christ. And so what do we do? We yield ourselves to him so that he can cut away that which is not like him, right? John 15 and 1, he said, I'm the vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. That's those things that are not profitable to you. Things, circumstances, whatever it is, not profitable, he takes it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he prunes it and makes it to bring forth more fruit. Glory to God. He could leave us to ourselves, and we would bear a little fruit. But in his love and his mercy, he prunes us so we can bring forth more fruit. How many want to bring forth more fruit than what we are right now? Amen. If we, are, if we really mean that, then we also have to yield ourselves to his pruning. And that isn't fun. Now you are clean. How do we get clean? Through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. And as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Right? And again, he says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So as I conclude this tonight, whose responsibility is it to produce fruit? The vine or the branch? Some may say that it's the vine. Others say it's the branch. But it is not the branch. It is the vine. Right? The vine is the source of life. And I've got to stay connected to the vine. But what does the branch do? The branch bears or manifests the fruit of the vine. And so if I am being a branch, then God is just allowing me to be a part of what he is doing in the earth to hold the fruit. Amen? We're stewards of everything and owners of nothing. Let me say it again. We're stewards of everything and owners of nothing. And we are the, branch, we are the branches and we cannot produce Jesus' fruit and in, in of ourselves. We cannot have might and power to do it ourselves. Amen. We can only produce through the vine who is Jesus. But we have a responsibility to stay connected to the vine and clean how do we stay clean through the word right so that all that god is doing can flow through us and men will see our good works and glorify the father which is in heaven amen the fruit will be produced through us but not without being connected to god so what is the key of bearing much fruit he tells us the key abide in me and i in you so what does that mean? That means that we must have intimacy with God. 
This is why we need to spend time in prayer. This is the reason that we need to stay in the book, in the Bible, in the reading, the word, meditating upon his, his word and his precepts. Because we are totally reliant upon an intimate relationship of abiding in him. And when we are close to him, we can't help but to manifest what is in us. When we need to be Jesus people that are producing Jesus fruit. This world needs Jesus people. America needs Jesus people. This valley needs to see the fruit of Jesus. Amen. And it isn't going to happen any other way except us being like Jesus. And so he, he's looking for folks who can't wait to shut themselves into their prayer closet. I love corporate gatherings but corporate gatherings, you, you, you will be blessed by corporate gatherings, but it is in that prayer closet that God will speak to you. He will give you direction. You will understand his will. He's looking for a radical bride who is willing to produce after his own kind. And what happens is, is when we begin to be intimate with him, then we begin to reproduce. Amen. This isn't a, a, a relationship where that we want the relationship, but we don't want any reproduction. We want to reproduce after his own kind. Amen. And so there should be sons and daughters being born into the kingdom, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but every day, every day. The Bible said that he added to his church daily such as pleased him if we're only getting them in on Sundays and Wednesdays or whatever the midweek may occasion may be, then we're not fulfilling what Jesus' desire was that they should be added to the church daily as pleased him. So how does that happen? It doesn't happen because we're waiting on this atmosphere. Yes, thank God for this, but we are being like Christ at work. We're being like Christ at school. We're being like Christ in Walmart, right? And we're producing that love, showing that kindness. Amen. I ain't telling you that I always do this, but I did it the other day. This lady in front of me didn't have uh, enough money for her groceries and truth of the matter is I don't hardly ever carry cash but I had some that day she was I don't know a few dollars short I just wretched to the clerk and that lady looked you know her jaw about hit the ground well, uh, what am I going to do you want you want and I said no, I don't want none of your stuff just said Lord bless you people aren't used to that they think you're out to get them. They think you want something from them. If you're going to do something for them, oh, certainly you've got to be looking for something. You want something in return. But just be like Jesus. Just show them 
Jesus' love. Amen. I didn't see the fruit of that. But I guarantee you that lady won't ever forget it. Amen. And I pray that my little God bless you will resonate in her heart if she don't know the Lord, that it she'll hear it in the wee hours of the morning and there'll be a stirring in her spirit that she'll be looking for that God that that man at the store paid her bill. Amen. To be like Jesus. So, Father, we love you tonight. 